Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Feisty, fearless, and fair. Telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. To be a police officer. We're going to talk about that tonight on the Rita Cosby Show. It is downright dangerous and it is downright difficult and often deadly to be a police officer these days. There are so many crazy characters out there that are just creating random violent crimes all over major cities in this country. And they don't seem to care if a police officer is standing there or not. And in fact, often, sadly, police officers are becoming the targets of their attack. It is just unbelievable. What happened to the old days where if you saw a police officer, you feared him or her, you respected him or her. You said, gosh, I'm not going to say anything, you know, negative. I'm going to be obviously, you know, very polite, very courteous, answer their questions, thank them. Any of those kind of things. Well, sadly, in a number of communities and a number of groups, they don't do it. And in fact, they are actually targeting law enforcement officers or they are the victims of attacks. Case in point, just a little bit ago, this scene unfolded. This was kind of a wild, chaotic scene. It unfolded in midtown Manhattan. And it was after the driver of a car Suddenly he got pulled over by police. Then he kind of sped off. Uh, you know, police officers were yelling at him. Um, and the driver who suddenly takes off jumps over the curb. He bursts through a restaurant's outdoor dining structure. There's debris flying all over the place. One person near the dining shed can be seen jumping into the street as the vehicle narrowly misses them. A police officer jumps out of the way. It looks like the car at one point is almost going to back over the police. There's police everywhere, and they just didn't care. It's like this brazen, unbridled, you know, unrepentant attitude of these law enforcement uh, enemies, I call them, really enemies of law enforcement. They just don't care. And they don't see any difference between somebody in a uniform or an average citizen. And they don't care if law enforcement are standing around. It doesn't bother them. They just continue. And they just seem emboldened. They seem brazen. And sadly, they seem more and more violent. I was talking earlier today with Michael Goodwin of the New York Post. And he gave a really powerful line. He said, if the police aren't safe, nobody is. And boy, sadly, today, the police do not seem safe in many major cities Across this country, as I was talking about this case of chaos today, when this driver, a deranged driver, nearly backed into an officer, looked like he was going to run over a whole bunch of others. 
another officer was injured jumping out of the way. Take a listen. Here is a little audio of the chaos as he was driving basically through an outdoor shed, a.k.a. a restaurant in New York. Wow. I'd say that's a pretty loud slam. Wow, that is going through a restaurant. And you can imagine what the beep was. (laughs) That was like, uh uh-oh. And that, sadly, was just case in point. And this came only days after that other attack where that crazy guy comes over in the middle of the day. And this happened in the Bronx in New York, comes over. And there's a female police officer standing over there. There's a couple other officers standing right around her. And suddenly somebody comes over out of the blue and brings a glass bottle and cracks it over the female police officer's head. She's standing there in uniform. It's obvious she's a cop. There's no doubt who she is. And she's hanging out with other officers. They were doing inspections, in fact, at the time. There's a group of them. It's broad daylight. It is 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And you have a group of law enforcement officers. And what does some crazy person do? He goes over and he cracks a glass bottle on the head of this female cop. Thank goodness she's going to be okay. But she was rushed to the hospital. She was listed in stable condition. And now we're getting more word of this guy and his background. Get this. Obviously, he's a loony kazuni. There's no question about it. And his father is now speaking out of this unhinged man. Basically says that his son wants to be taken to a psychiatrist and kept in a safe place. Basically was pleading for help. Uh, but if you hear the track record of this guy, uh, it's like the system kept putting him out over and over again. First off, this guy, the 45-year-old suspect, his name is Jose Garcia, and it's uh, the father came out and said that as early as 12 years old, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia, and he has had a series of mental issues. He said, my son is crazy. Well, we obviously know that. We can We can diagnose it just from seeing the video. Clearly, this guy never should have been back out on the streets. And the guy told police the reason he did the attack on that female officer was, quote, God told him to do it. How crazy is this guy that he comes over to a group of police officers, hits one over the head, a female officer, claims God told him to do it. And then he was lunging for the other officers, a total disrespect for the fact that they were men and women in uniform. And we're finding out also that he had 11 prior arrests, many of them stemming, of course, from his mental health issues. But listen to the background of this guy. In 2014, he allegedly threatened to shoot employees at an unnamed business after he stopped taking his meds. That's according to the New York Post. Then he fought to with responding officers yelling at them that he was on PCP and going to kill them. So what happens? He gets out. I mean, what kind of a crazy system are we living in? Two years prior to that crazy incident, this Jesse Garcia guy was taken into custody, brought to a hospital after stopping his meds again. And the details of that still unclear. Then he was arrested at least five times before that for robbery, grand larceny, weapons possession, and a whole bunch more. So 
this is a guy who never should have been back out on the streets when he was claiming that he wanted to kill employees at a business threatening to shoot them after he didn't take his meds. This was 2014, and then there were already arrests prior to this. And the guy is so brazen that there he is going over and threatening clearly an officer, attacking, assault. I hope he gets thrown the book, and I hope he does get to a safe place, but a safe place for all of us, not just for him. Obviously, I'd like the guy to get help, but this sort of using mental health as an excuse, like, okay, well, let's get him back on the meds. Somebody like this, clearly, he kept going on and off his meds. You can't guarantee the guy's going to be on his meds all the time. And why should society have to pay a price? Again, who were the judges that this guy went in front of? Sounds like somebody who's a friend of Alvin Bragg, because that's the Alvin Bragg school of philosophy. And so in the middle of all of this, where there have clearly been increased attacks on law enforcement, and to me it's outrageous that I see this, and this disregard And I do feel we are having more mental health problems. There's no doubt that it's contributing to the climate that we're seeing. But as we're seeing an increase on law enforcement across this country and the difficulty that law enforcement are having across this country, this is a time where politicians should be supporting the police and not vilifying the police. Well, that's not always the case, especially with the Democrats of late. We saw it earlier in the week at that hearing for uh, basically Bragg's justice system was on display. It was Jim Jordan's hearing, remember, where he came forward. And meanwhile, and we're going to talk about this later on in the show, Madeline Bram, who was that very courageous woman who talked about the death of her son, who was stabbed by four people. She talked about how the minute Bragg's uh, justice system basically came into play and it went to Bragg's office, the case fell apart. And one of them is already out. One's about to be out soon. She is outraged. And what happened during the hearing? They barely were listening to her. All they kept saying is, uh, the one who's going to bring up Trump or talk about politics. It was so insincere. It was so ridiculous. It was so insensitive. And it was just heartless. And so the Democrats seem to very much be playing politics with the rule of law. And this isn't a time where crime is skyrocketing. And at that hearing, remember, the Democrats kept saying, New York is the safest big city in America. Is there anybody out there who actually believes that's the case, that you feel safe in New York and that it's the safest big city in America? And that is one big bust. 1-800-848-9222 is the number to call. 1-800-848-9222. So in the middle of all this, not only were we hearing from members of the committee, but Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who started a lot of this defunding the police rhetoric, which to me is just so unbelievably irresponsible. It is just, it, there's no time to be saying it. It's outrageous. But to come at a time where we have seen these very violent attacks And to say it within 24 hours, basically, of the attack on that female officer, the bottle crashed on her head by that loony kazoony repeat offender, is just stunning. But it doesn't matter to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to add insult to injury. She's basically maligning the entire police profession that is really risking their lives every single day in New York to keep all of us safe. Talk about how tough it is to be a police officer right now. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez seems to think 
police don't deserve any raises. They don't deserve really anything. Uh, that they're really the ones who are a detriment to society and to public safety. I mean, get a load of that. Is there anybody out there who actually thinks that police are a detriment to our safety in a community? That is the most preposterous. Cra- I want to know what she's on. What kind of meds is she on? Not just the crazy guy with the bottle, but what kind of meds is she on? But take a listen. This is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez earlier this week on The Daily Show. And you'll never believe what she said. This is just a stunning comment, basically maligning the entire profession. And you're talking about funding um uh, violence prevention outside of uh, the police. Mm-hmm. And yet Eric Adams has just increased police wages by 28 mm-hmm. percent. Is that misplaced? I, I think so. We are now at a point where officially most officers are paid more than a teacher with a master's degree serving these same kids involved in these same incidents. We are defunding safety, defunding our public schools, defunding our public pools, defunding our parks, defunding our libraries, when we are taking all of those resources and demanding that every single department except the militarized one be cut, we are sending a message about who and what we care about. We're sending a message. Listen, I have obviously all for supporting teachers and people in education, but I'm sorry, when you call 911, I don't want to see a teacher coming to my door and saying, I got you covered. That ain't what I think is the way to go. What is the message that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, what does she want, just a lawless society at a time where people are feeling emboldened to attack police, to hit police, whether it be with a car or with a bottle? We know that a number of law enforcement have lost their lives. We try to give honor to them every night here on the show in our Back the Blue segment. And then you have these far lefties who, for some reason, don't blink an eye and make the comment of, well, you know what? You know, I think it's a militarization of society. No, it is a protection of civilization, a militarization. In other words, how dare they be armed? Um, I mean, what should it be out there with like a pen and paper? Is that how you want your law enforcement? These people are such a bunch of hypocrites. And I, it is just so destructive and so shocking. And to me, it's like no depths will they kind of like not go to at a time where now it is so tough to be a cop. And the only reason, part of the reason, listen, they got a raise. They hadn't gotten one for a long time. They were one of the most underpaid in the tri-state area of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut. So don't you think NYPD right now should be getting money? And don't you think law enforcement in general, because we're losing so many cops around this country, because who wants to be a cop right now? And yet Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez says, oh, you know what? That really isn't helping public safety. We have to have people who have master's degrees. That's really going to keep communities safe. To me, this is a stunning indictment, basically, of the incompetence and utter foolishness of ultra, ultra progressives. What is your thought and why do you think these people continue to do it? Is it a sign of stupidity, deception, or just they want America to be a free-for-all? I mean, we're getting there thanks to them. We're going to talk about that when we come back. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Well, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, boy, she did a doozy. Now basically saying that what is hurting society is, quote, the militarization of police. And she said, we are defunding safety, that we should be investing more in schools than police and creating militarized zones. Like, how is that going to help anybody? We need to focus on other things. Basically, a nice way to say defund the police at a time where police are under assault like never before. And that's not the only crazy thing she said. She basically blamed crime on the GOP. Listen to this one. For all of their talk of a crime wave and Democrats, talk, Republicans talking about crime waves across the country, the crime wave is within the Republican Party. The crime waves within the Republican Party. There's no crime. It's just like Gerald Nadler and some of the others this week remember at the hearing saying, what crime? I'm not sure what you're talking about. Well, Bill O'Reilly had a classic response to AOC. Take a listen to what Bill O'Reilly said. She's such a moron. And I mean that literally. New York City public schools, $37,000 per pupil, the highest in the nation. We're defunding our public schools. It's just insane. And he says it's par for the course, not just with AOC, but with the president, too. On down. They just say stuff. No longer do they have to even worry about if it's true. Don't even have to worry about it because the press will cover for them. Well, AOC is making a lot of headlines, and that is one of the most preposterous comments I've ever heard, saying we're defunding safety by putting money towards the police to militarize the police. Is there anybody who can translate that, anything to other than idiocracy? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike in South Carolina. Line one, Mike, your thoughts. Well, Rita, you're fired up. I'm fired up, too. AOC. You see, I was saying the other night uh, about, you know, buzzwords, demilitarization, AOC. What kind of pharmaceuticals are you on, lady? Okay? You should move to a third world country with your, your communist credo and everything else. And, you know, like in like the beginning of your show, Rita, if the police aren't safe, uh, where can they be safe? D.A. Bragg, shame on you for what you've done, you know. And Sharpton, no justice, no peace, phony reverend shakedown artist, and everything else going on. And I'll tell you this, Rita, you know, my dad, rest his soul, 52 years supermarkets. I spoke to John Casamitidis. Uh Ray Kelly on uh, Greg's show and his uh, wife used to shop at Dad's store in Garden City. And what is this, the best NYPD commission ever? What does this present mayor say about Ray Kelly? Called him a racist. 
You know what, Mayor? You're clubbing with your $4,000 suits with phony Reverend Sharpton. You sit on your hands. You don't do crap. Excuse my rhetoric. Well, you, and, know what, you, know, you know what? The one thing I will say about Adams, at least he does talk about supporting the police. At least he says some of it. Um, so the, he's gone at least in some places with this, more than I'll say de Blasio did at least. Uh, not that that's a, a, a fair barometer. I think anything's up after de Blasio. Remember, as you know, law enforcement turned their backs on him. Um, but you're right. There needs to be a much greater support just overall uh, to support our men and women in law enforcement. And, and also, quite frankly, Mike, and I know you're a former uh, cop, which is why I love you so much. Also, there needs to be a condemnation of this rhetoric from AOC. Democrats need to say this should not be tolerated. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our men and women in blue. A powerful story coming from Paw Paw, I love the name, Michigan, where a man has praised the quick actions of two Michigan State Police troopers who used a device called an automatic external defibrillator, or AED for short, to save his life after his heart stopped beating. It was a typical day when Gayla Clark was startled awake by the sound of her boyfriend, Kevin Papish, who suddenly collapsed to the floor. She said she was calling his name. I was shaking him. I could see that he was not breathing. She uh, said that she believed Papish's exhausted heart had just suddenly stopped beating. So she dialed 911, put it on speaker and started doing chest compressions. While a 911 dispatcher coached her through CPR, Michigan State troopers rushed to the scene. They arrived minutes later and saved the man's life. Now, one of the troopers started doing compressions and then was guiding her as well as he was getting the pads ready. And once the pads were attached, the completely automated AED did take over. Now, according, by the way, to the American Heart Association, about 90% of people who suffer from out-of-hospital cardiac arrests die. That is a huge percentage. Papish said that he will never forget the troopers who helped him beat those incredible odds. By the way, also CPR, if it is performed immediately, can triple a cardiac arrest victim's chance of survival. Very, very good and important to know. And, of course, thanks to the great work by law enforcement who literally arrived there on the scene minutes after getting the 911 call. They just also recently got a grant to get six AEDs uh, from a local foundation. Um, and that added to five that they had. So they had a total of 11. And they just happened to have one also in the vehicle. And the folks there were trained well on how to use it. Bravo to them. And, of course, bravo to all our men and women in law enforcement. Well, protecting law enforcement and also fighting crime is a huge, huge issue. And, of course, it was center stage this week during the hearings that Jim Jordan had in New York City, his field hearings that he had this week, where he was basically talking about the track record of Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan D.A., Um, Earlier today, 
on Cats and Cosby, which I host with the great John Katsimatidis, 5 p.m. on WABC Radio. You can also listen on WABCRadio.com, 5 p.m. Eastern Time. We spoke with Madeline Brame. She is the woman who lost her Army-decorated son. This son, of course, is an unbelievable guy. He was a hero in the military. He was suddenly stabbed to death by four people. It was seen on videotape. And she talked about how she really felt uh, that the system let her down, that the minute the case went to Bragg's office, that Bragg just basically diminished the whole case. Uh, two of the defendants, one of them uh, basically is out already. The other one's getting out soon. Two of them got severe penalty, but she felt that the other two got a pass by Alvin Bragg's office. And so she spoke at the hearing and she said she was disgusted that the Democrats wanted to play politics. And she just wanted to talk about the loss of her son and basically what she says is a loss of control of the criminal justice system in New York. Take a listen. It doesn't have to be something as tragic as a homicide. It can be, you know, an assault, a robbery, you know, um, anything. Any type of crime. It's, it's a traumatic and, and, and horrific experience. And for it to go ignored so long here in New York, it's, it's just an absolute disgrace. And she also said that in her son's case and others uh, that were there, none of them were actually victims of gun violence. And she said that's why she believes the Democrats are missing the mark when they are talking about you know, first of all, uh, some of them, as we talked about with AOC, defunding the police, which is just disgusting in this climate. And then in addition to that, she also talked about how the Democrats keep saying, uh, let's get rid of guns. Let's get rid of assault rifles, where they never really talk about the criminal defendant and the revolving door of justice that we all see every single day. That clearly is happening under Alvin Bragg, unless your name is Donald Trump. But she said that Democrats are definitely missing the mark by continuing to talk about guns. Take a listen. What was um, profound about the hearing is, uh, uh, what's his name, Jim Jordan went around the table because they, they kept focusing on guns, 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 guns. And Jim Jordan asked each uh, victim what was, you know, uh, the person killed by. And all of us, all of us was nice violence. No one on that panel was killed by a gun. And they just completely ignored us, period. They just pounded the guns. It was guns, 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 Trump, 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 guns, guns, guns. And it it, it was just, you know, you talk about something being staged and rehearsed. They were staged and rehearsed, not us. Yeah, they were accusing them of being political pawns. Can you imagine this mother sitting there telling this story? We all saw it. Remember, she was so passionate and so compelling. And yet... When she was trying to tell the story, they kept kind of interrupting her and some of the others and saying, uh, don't you feel it's politics? Don't you feel it's about Trump? She's like, what are you talking about? I am talking about my son who was stabbed to death and trying to get justice for my son and for others in the community. What a courageous, unbelievably heroic woman and mother to be able to speak so eloquently and so passionate. And to me, they were just totally playing politics, the Democrats. And they weren't even really listening to her and others. They just wanted to get their little political message because they didn't want to do anything to shine a light on Alvin Bragg's revolving door of justice and of all the crime that's happening in New York.
And so, by the way, I just did a podcast. I want to play a clip of it. I did a great podcast with Andrew Giuliani, of course, the son of Rudy Giuliani. Andrew uh, was a special assistant to President Trump at the White House. He also former GOP candidate for governor of New York. And Andrew and I had a powerful, awesome, awesome discussion about crime in New York and about the Democrats politicizing it. Take a listen. Here's a little bit back and forth of a brand new podcast. It's going to go up tomorrow. It's called Protecting America. And this week is with the great Andrew Giuliani. Take a listen. There were so many political barbs that were thrown at that hearing. And what's stunning is here were victims of crime being very emotional, very passionate, talking about deeply personal, heartfelt um, and heartbreaking, telling about losing loved ones. And yet the Democrats on the other side were starting to talk about Trump, talking about politics. They seem so disconnected from what the people were talking about and so insincere. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think when you look at Bragg and, and you look at what he is the result of in general, and I know this is the hearing, but specifically, you know, all this, I think, really stems from Alvin Bragg and from his letter to his assistant district attorneys on the third day of his administration saying that he was not going to prosecute even some violent crimes here. Um, He is the result of a uh, political push to radicalize our district attorneys all around our country. And and sadly, the victims are people like we were talking about earlier, Madeline Bram, somebody who I've known now for a few years, who was one of the first endorsements for me in my campaign. She has an incredible story When you hear about all of these people in New York as violent crime has continued to soar over the last few years, uh, it's a result of these lax policies. And it's happening all over the country. By the way, Andrew Giuliani is filling in for Dominic Carter, for the folks who listen to us on WABC Radio, the great WABC, of course, here in New York, our flagship uh, he will be on tonight, midnight to 1 a.m., so you definitely want to check out Andrew tonight. I'm sure he'll be talking about this and a whole bunch more. And definitely check out the podcast, Protecting America. We're going to put it up tomorrow, wherever you download podcasts. A big and great discussion with Andrew Giuliani about the democratic politics of crime and what we can do to clean up our cities, not just in New York, but Chicago and around the country. So make sure that you check it out. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to JC in Pennsylvania, line six. JC, you want to talk about AOC? Go ahead. Yeah, I do. But first, I just want to say one thing. By the way, how are you, Rita? I'm doing um, great now that I'm talking to you, JC. So first of all, I just want to say one thing about uh, Eric Adams. He, he did just recently call out President Biden for uh, abandoning New York City. So that's one good thing he did. Uh, but as AOC is uh, is all all out crazy, always out of control. That's what the AOC stands for. Okay. She has to be, and look, I, I really don't like to call people names, but she has to be the dumbest person on the planet. Not, not the dumbest female, just the dumbest person on the planet. Oh, wait, 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 JC. She has competition. She yeah, has, I know, yeah, I know. she does. She has a lot of competition, sadly, but I think she has competition with the new mayor elect in Chicago. That guy, uh, uh, you know, Bill called AC, AOC a moron. That guy's a moron. I mean, he is, they are both, but so dangerous 
to the degree where you wonder what's going to happen to societies under their control. This new guy, have you seen this new guy in, uh, you know, in Chicago? Basically, after the teens were rioting through the weekend, he's like, it's not constructive to demonize the nice teenagers. And then you got Lori Lightfoot who said, what mayhem? You know, I mean, this, it's, these people are apologists for bad behavior. It, and then you've got AOC who's like, uh, basically same thing and then defund. I mean, who would ever think of defunding police and condoning teens to riot? I mean, it's like, it is a truly alternate universe, JC. It's upside down. Now, you have AOC, she's going on TikTok. Oh, she's showing how to put on a makeup, how she bought the furniture for her, her house, her home. It's just unbelievable. And then she's calling out Justice Thomas. And then a couple of weeks back, they, they found out she had gone to this uh, opera gala opening or something like that. And they, she, they were given the, given the tickets for this place. Uh, they gave her the clothes to wear. Uh, so she, on one hand, she's taking all of these uh, gratuities from people. On the other hand, she's pointing a finger. But well, why do we need? Why do we need politicians like that? What I think the police should do is they should they should shut off the police service for her neighborhood, okay, and do what the Democrats do that allow that. Uh, criminals, when they they perform a crime and they're charged, okay, they give out the address of the person that's actually that they did the crime to, the victim. So I think we should give out AOC's address. Wow, JC, JC, you are hardcore. And look, obviously, I don't wish any ill will on and put people's address out, but. Um, your point about, uh, you know, who's she going to call if there was a problem in general? What, is she going to have a social worker or a teacher come? And believe me, I love teachers. But, you know, that's not the way you're going to solve crime. You're going to, what, have like uh, some social worker say, um, sir, could you put down that gun? Uh, I know you're robbing and doing this. I mean, that is not only is it dangerous for, you know, homeowners, it's dangerous for anybody nearby, it's dangerous for anybody trying to help. It's dangerous for the social worker. I mean, that is just, it is really, I mean, what do they want, anarchy? It's crazy. It is 1,000% crazy. JC, love talking to you. Thank you so much. Let's go to Alice in Ohio, Line 8. Alice, your thoughts. Hi. Well, I have, first of all, I have come to think that going into law enforcement is a calling. And uh, they certainly don't do it for the money uh, they're they're humble about it, and I think we as citizens should find a way to support them. I belong to the Buckeye Sheriff's Association, and uh, a little bit of money that it costs uh, gives them supports them with special programs, etc. If you see an officer, if they're not tied up in an emergency, something like that, go up and say thank you. I'm so glad you're there for us. Yeah, at 1,000%. By the way, I love that you're um, helping the Sheriff's Association. And I do one better uh, when I see law enforcement. First of all, I always thank them. I bought lunch. I bought lunch. I bought, uh, you know, I bought dinner. I bought coffee um, for law enforcement because I feel like it is the least we can do to give them support, especially as they're dealing with loony kazoonies like AOC in the middle of it all, too. Alice Bravo. And I love what you're saying about inspiring other people to get engaged as well. 
We'll continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. What should we do to support our police? And what do you make of AOC at a time where right now police are under attack, physically under assault, not just verbal assault, so many of these various attacks. And then you have people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and others talking about defund the police and the police shouldn't be militarized at a time where crime is skyrocketing across this country. There are so many random crimes all over the place, violent random crimes. And you're supposed to say, police, stand down. I mean, what kind of fools are these people? 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. And coming up in the next hour on The Rita Cosby Show, we are going to have investigative journalist John Solomon is going to join us, and he has some new blockbuster news. Remember, last night on the show, we broke the big news. It's making headlines all over the country where it is being revealed, essentially, Tony Blinken, who is one of Biden's closest aides, was behind that letter where 51 intelligence officers signed on to the letter in 2020 saying the Hunter Biden laptop is Russian disinformation. And remember, Biden said that during the debate, like basically poo-pooed the whole thing and pointed to some letter, some generic letter. Well, now it looks like it was orchestrated from the top and that Biden and others may very well have been behind it. But we've got a whole bunch of new explosive details. You definitely don't want to miss that. John Solomon coming up very soon on the Rita Cosby Show with some other big details. He has been on this story, and this could be a blockbuster. Plus also, President Biden, I can't believe it, the guy who feels like he's in a coma, well, guess what? It sounds like next week he is going to announce his reelection bid for president. Ah, can the country handle if he were to get reelected again? We still have, as you know, a little bit, about two years or so with him. Um, and then he is saying that he's basically, according to many reports, that next week he is planning to announce his bid for another run for the White House. So we're going to talk about that and what this could mean for the country, what it could mean for the race, and if you think he has a chance to win again. And again, say a prayer for America with another two, four more years after two more years. By the way, he would be 80 at the end of his second term if he were to be elected again. Do you think he can physically and mentally handle Another term for the White House. Can America handle it, too? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. We are talking about, sadly, these increased attacks on police and also, sadly, increased rhetoric from far-left progressives who are saying it's time to continue defunding police. Yeah, that's really smart at a time like this. Let's go to Dom, line one from Minnesota. Dom, your thoughts, my friend. Yeah, Rita, you know, AOC signed up for a degree in economics from Boston University. Her cost of, I think, 2011 was about $42,000 per year. Instead, I guess she got a degree in Freakonomics. I, <laughs> I thought you were going to say moronics. <laughs> well, I guess that's about as close as it can get to moronic. But, you know, electing people like her will guarantee a Green New Deal. 
which gives us racist crash dummies because they're all male, bed bugs for dinner, and rat migration program in New York City. Uh, enjoy that New York while you can. Uh, you know, I've been a teacher for 35 years, uh, Rita. Oh, and beautiful. And by the way, I have such respect for teachers. I think teachers don't get paid enough. They do such an amazing job and such an important job. But there's a big difference between teacher. I don't want, you know, I, I like the idea of teachers teaching in school, and I like the idea of police responding to crime. You know, call me crazy. Yeah, but, you know, I've been a teacher for 35 years, and I think I keep thinking about the AOC types. They were a rarity in my class in those days, but Mr. Inconvenient Truth, Al Gore, and Mr. Heinz Ketchup, John Kerry, have exponentially accelerated the process of economic and social decay in America because we have come full circle in human evolution because many voters are becoming dumb and dumber in our current school system. Unfortunately, that's what's happening. <laughs> well, well, listen, I hope, first off, I hope that people have a wake-up call about some of the crazy philosophies. And I do think people have had it up to here. I think people who step out in the real world go, what the heck is going on? Um, Dom, thank you. Now I love you even more now that you mentioned you're a teacher. I didn't know that all this time. How beautiful. Thank you very, very, very much. Let's go to Judith, line two. Judith, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. You know something? When you have DAs, that want to prosecute store owners who want to defend themselves from criminals, and they want to prosecute them. And when you have politicians like these useful idiots called AOC, who I call um, all-out communists, because that's what she is, a Marxist communist, and Elon Omar and Kamala Harris, when 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 they defend Antifa and support Antifa, but they sit there and go and want to eliminate and defund the police and no respect for them, I mean, how do you expect, then there's no respect, no fear. So, of course, the people are going to say, well, we could do what we want. They're not afraid. And Rita, I don't know if you know this, but George Soros is the one that started all of this in 2011. Well, by the way, and he is funding so many of these soft on crime DAs. And just like you said, it trickles down and people feel emboldened. And that is not good. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. More developments tonight in the big story that we were talking about last night with John Solomon from Just the News involving the Hunter Biden investigation. Let's go back to John Solomon tonight. John, everybody is talking about this today. And let's first start with the big bombshell uh, tying now. It looks like Tony Blinken and Mike Morrell kind of explain the players and why this is zooming in a lot closer to Biden, basically saying, oh, it was disinformation, the Hunter Biden laptop, and it looks like it now was orchestrated from the top. That's exactly right. So Tony Blinken's our secretary of state, our top diplomat, one of the most important cabinet officers in the Biden administration. And in 2020, he was an advisor to President Biden in his cabinet or in his uh, campaign. And Mike Morrell was a longtime and distinguished career 
uh, intelligence officer, uh, retired as deputy CIA director, but twice in his life was the acting CIA director, something very rare in history. Uh, two very uh, well-known uh, professional intelligence and diplomatic experts, and in the 2020 campaign, they worked together. Mike Morrell has now given testimony to Jim Jordan, made public tonight by Chairman Jim Jordan, uh, in which he says that he orchestrated the letter of the 51 security experts who claimed that the Hunter Biden laptop in October 2020 was potentially Russian disinformation. And at the time that they wrote that letter, it wasn't true. There was no intelligence to suggest it, and the FBI knew it wasn't. The FBI had already authenticated the laptop. But these 51 wrote it, and for most of the last two years, it's been portrayed as an organic event. Individual intelligence people getting together, concerned for their country, raising a concern. Mike Morrell said that's not really what happened. What happened was Secretary, now Secretary of State Blinken, then campaign advisor Blinken, called me up, asked me to do it, and I, I did it, and I orchestrated the letters. And he was then asked, why did you do it? I wanted to influence the election. Describe what you mean by influence the election. I wanted Joe Biden to be elected president. Okay, so you, you, uh, you wrote this letter. After you wrote the letter, and President Biden then used it as a blunt instrument to attack Donald Trump when Donald Trump raised these legitimate questions about Hunter Biden during the debate in 2020, did they ever come back to him? They said, absolutely, they did. And the day after the debate, they called me up and thanked me for giving this item that then Joe Biden could then use in the debate. It was a completely orchestrated political dirty trick by people masquerading or pretending they had an intelligence concern. And really what they were doing was creating a debate talking point. And the significance of this, we have to step back for 30,000 feet as the Secretary of State Tony Blinken has to be able to deal with every country, including Russia, in the midst of a hot war in Europe. Imagine now Russia knowing that he was willing to accuse a nuclear-armed superpower, Russia, of interfering in the election with no evidence simply to create a talking point for Joe Biden in the debate. How does he get back on the world stage and face nations now that his former intelligence chief made these allegations tonight? You know, this is stunning. There are so many things. You know, I keep thinking about also uh, John Solomon, and this is Blockbuster. You are such a great investigative journalist that you've gotten all these great scoops all the time, my friend. I think about um, also many people after the election took place, there were polls with Democrats, and it was double digits of people who said, had I known that the Hunter Biden laptop was true or even existed because it was being suppressed, as you know, on That's social right. media, we would have voted differently. I mean, talk about just affecting the outcome of the election. And then you've got this Mike Morrell, who's, you know, a, you know, a notable, I know who Mike is. Um, I know who Blinken is, obviously. Um, and Mike, you know, a noted, um, defense expert coming yeah. around and saying, I wanted to influence the election that Blinken called him up to do it. Now, yeah. I, you and I have been around Washington a long time. Yes. I do not think that these people just acted on their own and Biden had no clue. Um, yeah. There clearly has to be some orchestration. And the fact that even if it is just at Blinken, this is clearly a concerted effort to affect the election, to affect democracy. This, to me, is stunning. It is. Listen, you know, we know as Americans that the presidential debates are our job interview to detect to, to pick our next president. We get the chance to interview them. They answer our questions, and we decide. And in those debates, Joe Biden looked us in the eye and said, I had nothing to do with my son's business. That's not true. We now know that's not true. He said, 
that laptop is disinformation. We now know that was true, and we now know that it was his campaign that orchestrated the false perception that the laptop was Russian disinformation. The question that Jim Jordan asked Tony Blinken tonight in this letter where we revealed all this testimony, the Chairman Jordan said, we need to know everybody you talked with, including whether you talked to Joe Biden about this. That's going to be one of the questions. The closing line in Jim Jordan's letter, I think, summarizes why all of us, whether you're a Democrat, an independent, or Republican, why this should matter to us. He said that the actions that Mike Merrill described with Tony Blinken, if they're all true, if they're affirmed, meant that they worked together to deprive the American public of making an informed choice for president in 2020. We've had Democrats tell us Russia's been doing it, uh, foreign countries are doing it. It was our own country that did it. It was our current president's campaign who did it. It's our current secretary of state who did it. And intelligence operatives who got their jobs, who got their access to intelligence to the color of government, signed a letter that wasn't true. They interfered in our election. You know, um, John, stay with us. I want to play this famous quote. I know you know it all too well. I want to play it for all our great listeners uh, tonight. Um, this is that moment in the debate where Biden said, oh, there's this intel letter as if it's some independent group. Right. And that's what everybody thought. Um, I want to play the moment and also get you to react as we're hearing it now in the context of this big blockbuster stuff that, you know, take a listen. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plan. They have said that this is, has all the care. Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now yeah. another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And you that's exactly it. what, is this that's where you're exactly going? what. This is going. where he's going. The laptop right. is Russia, yes. Russia, Gentlemen, Russia. I want to stay on the issue of race. So John Solomon, here he is using it like it's an independent thing to poo-poo it. Meanwhile, his campaign and probably him were behind orchestrating this letter. So, you know, what do you think when you hear this? I mean, to me, what a great disservice and how shameful that they did this to the American public, acting like it's this independent thing to poo-poo it, and they completely orchestrated it. And the other thing I want to know, John, is also these people who signed on to the letter. What were they told? Because there wasn't any basis. So were they making it up? Uh, what were they told to justify signing on to the letter? Well, many of them I've interviewed, and they tell they were unaware that the Biden campaign was behind it. So we'll have to find out if that's true. Uh, we do not have the full transcript of Mike Merrill's interview. We have the excerpts that Chairman Jordan made available tonight. I'm sure we'll get the full interview at some point. But those are important questions. And people like Senator Lindsey Graham are talking about interviewing all 51 of them. And if any of them knew it, the Biden campaign is behind it, maybe it's time to strip them of any security clearances they have or pass a law that deprives them from ever having another federal job in their career. Those are the sort of things that Republicans are discussing tonight, because if there is no consequence, there's already been very little consequence to the dirty trick of 2016, where Democrats created a fake Russia uh, investigation to, uh, to pin down Donald Trump. They now have created a fake moment in a debate, an orchestrated fake political dirty trick. I like to use that word because that's what this really is. But they use the color of intelligence, the color of their backgrounds as government experts. Uh, there's four or five CIA directors on that letter, four or five deputy directors of the CIA. And there are people that I've talked to who said I wouldn't sign that letter. And I said, why? They came to me. They squeezed me. They tried to get me. Why? 
because I, I, I have access to intelligence. There is nothing that indicated that's true. And remember what the director of national intelligence has said repeatedly. Uh, John Ratcliffe said at the time, there is no active intelligence that suggests that the uh, uh, laptop is Russian disinformation. And the FBI has assured me, the FBI has assured me that this is an authenticated laptop. I have done a lot of reporting. I, I can tell you that by early spring 2020, months before this occurred in the election, the FBI had validated the laptop and were using information for it to drive this investigation that we talked about last night that now has some political interference in it as well. So the government knew that was a real laptop. Joe Biden crafted a moment to deceive the American people. Yeah, boy, did he ever. And I I still am curious, how did these defense secretaries, who, as you said, had access to intel, the FBI already had discredited um, you know, this, that as a rumor, in other words, they authenticated the laptop. They already knew it was legitimate. So where, what did they base it on? What did they just trust Mike Morrell or Tony Blinken or were they promised something? I mean, there are so many questions. Um, and the fact that Mike Morrell said that already under oath, uh, this is a bombshell and boy, and you see, Biden is like weaving and dodging. I mean, he won't answer any questions related to Hunter Biden. Do you think uh, it'll be interesting to see what he says? Because he can no longer just kind of keep ignoring it. Next time the press gets there, they better hammer him and say, Mr. President, you need to answer. Did you orchestrate? Did you lie to the American public? There is some other information in this letter that reminds us once again that these intrusions, these false realities that were created for the American people in two consecutive elections, 2016 and 2020, were conducted, obviously, by people in government, the FBI agents and Christopher Steele's and working with Hillary Clinton, and now, in this case, the Mike Morrell's and the Tony Blinken's. But there's another co-conspirator that this could not have been pulled off with if they didn't have it, and it's the news media. And you see in Mike Morrell's testimony, the Biden campaign orchestrated the rollout of this letter, and they wanted the Washington Post to be first. They want the Washington Post to be first. The same Washington Post that gave us a lot of the bogus stories about Russia collusion that they've had to now since uh, retract and correct. Uh, thankfully, the new editor did that recently. Um, the media has been the reason why Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton have been able to pull off these dirty tricks and for us to get pinned down. I, I saw Joe Biden do this to me in 2019. All my very accurate stories at the Hill, he called disinformation. He called me a conspiracy theorist, a liar. I was right about everyone. History has now shown Joe Biden lied from the summer of 2019 into the beginning of 2022 about what he, he did with his son and what was on that laptop. And at some point, the American people have to hold him accountable. Yeah, unbelievable. It is just a stunning, stunning moment. And it comes on the heels, as you know, I'm sure you've seen the headlines tonight, uh, that President Biden is planning on running for a second term and making the announcement sometime next week. So he thinks he is above the law and doesn't have to answer to any questions. Wow, this is going to be really interesting. There's no way on the campaign trail that he's not going to get. Hopefully the press does its job this time. Um, and gets hammered and doesn't give him cover because if the last name was Trump, they would be going crazy right now. This is really stunning information. Um, John, you're terrific. I always love having you on the show. You always have the best stuff. You are one of the best, best journalists out there. Thank you so much, John. Thank you, Rita. It's such an honor to be with you. Thank you, my friend, very much. When we come back, what do you think of this bombshell that President Biden was behind all of this? orchestrating all of this. At least Blinken was his right-hand guy. 
Uh, his campaign guy, now his secretary of state, his longtime friend, somebody who was with him at the Penn Biden Center. This is somebody who has one of the best accesses to the president. And it comes from the testimony of another noted defense official, Mike Morrell, saying Blinken was basically calling him up and asking him to do it, basically asking him to orchestrate this. And then Joe Biden goes out in the debate and says, oh, uh, 50 intel people. What are you talking about? Let's poo-poo this. I want to win the presidency. And now he's going to run for president again and announce it next week. What do you think should happen as a repercussion? Because this is one of the worst dirty tricks, I think, in American history. They let people think that it was just bogus that other intel officials poo-pooed it and not revealing to the American public or anyone that they were behind the letter and that they were orchestrating this the entire time. And this comes as James Comer is looking into the family's finances, looking into all that stuff. Now we know that there are at least nine family members, according to James Comer. And Biden just thinks, ah, nobody deserves any answers. Talk about arrogance. In the midst of all this, he's now coming out in the last 24 hours, his team basically saying, heads up, Next week, he's going to run again. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, Land of Confusion is a perfect song to be playing because, boy, is it getting very confusing with Joe Biden and the Hunter Biden investigation. And now we just heard these bombshells coming from John Solomon. You heard it with me that now Mike Morrell, who was a former defense official, very well-known guy, a reputable guy under oath before Jim Jordan's committee, basically said that Tony Blinken, close aide, close friend of Joe Biden, and now his secretary of state, is the one who called him up and said, hey, could you put together this letter? And he said it was clearly done to orchestrate the election, basically, to orchestrate the results of the election. And that essentially they were the ones who were out there trying to get the 51 Intel folks to write up and say, oh, well, this is just Russian disinformation, this Hunter Biden laptop. And then suddenly during the debate, Joe Biden, remember, used it to basically say, what are you talking about, Hunter Biden? Now we know the laptop is real. We know that the allegations are serious enough that a committee is looking into it and the floodgates may be opening. But shame on the Biden administration and the Biden campaign at this time for pretending to the American public that it was some outside independent defense officials who on their own wrote a letter because they misled the American people. That's the nicest thing I can say. The best thing I can say is they lied. Take a listen. Who could forget this moment? This was pivotal in the debate with Biden against Trump. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. They have said that this is, has all the care. Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. 
Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now yeah. another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And you that's exactly what, is this that's where you're exactly going? what This is going. where he's going. The laptop right. is Russia, yes. Russia, Gentlemen, Russia? I want to stay on the issue of race. Yeah, uh, so that's what gave him the ammo. And he never told people, oh, we created it. Uh, let's go to Tom in Ohio. Tom, your thoughts about this. This to me, one of the, maybe is one of the biggest hoodwinks on the American people affecting an election, Tom. Cause people said, had they known about the Hunter Biden laptop that it was real, uh, they were like, well, maybe it's nothing because these defense officials, turns out it was the campaign that orchestrated the letter, Tom. Great. I, I got to tell you, I, terminology matters, and it bothers me that we keep using words like hoax and uh, dirty practical uh, 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 political uh, dirty tricks. Because a dirty trick to me is a distasteful uh, uh, April Fool's prank. Hoax, by definition, in the uh, randomized dictionary that I have, is a mischievous deception, especially a practical joke. The, these things like the, the, the Russian situation on the election, uh, the diary, uh, you know, the uh, dossier, I should say, those, those aren't, uh, you know, childhood pranks or uh, juvenile pranks. They're, they're subversion. And we got to start using the word subversion, subversion and subversive, uh, which by definition, Okay, when you tend to uh, subvert something, you're overthrowing something established in an underhanded way. And the key there, overthrowing Trump administration, because that's exactly what they did. The other thing I want to point out very quick. Yeah, really quick. Very quick. Yeah, Yeah, five seconds, Tom. Okay, I called both uh, Jordan's uh, office, Jim Jordan and uh, McCarthy's office, and I said they have Tom, to you become- literally have two seconds. We're sorry. We're going to a hard break. I love you, and I appreciate it, but your point at the first one, subversion, subversive, great words. We're going to continue after the break. Tom, thank you. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great military and their families. Tonight, we are honoring three students coming from Stillwater, Oklahoma. I've got some great friends in Oklahoma. I love Oklahoma. Well, three Oklahoma State University students were just honored with military awards for their work and passion that they each have for the field of service. One of them majors in aviation management, also was helping with the Thunderbird chapter soldier, also worked for the Office of Military and Student Veteran Success. Another one serves as a senior airman of the 137th Special Operations Support Unit. Uh, that individual was awarded the 2022 Arrowhead Award. And then yet another student is currently on deployment, graduated in 2022 with a bachelor's degree in business administration and was nominated by Command Chief Master Sergeant Maurice L. Williams of the Air National Guard for outstanding performance at the 138th Fighter Wing. Now, uh, coming from all of them, it says basically when it comes to service and having a positive impact on all, they believe that Oklahoma State University does a very good job of supporting veterans. 
One of the recipients says it is super, super valuable, and it is a place of resource for students because this office is here, and it's a great way to build the community, especially the veteran community. What a beautiful story, and nice to see them honoring young people who are already dedicated to a life of service. Well, uh, things are getting very interesting on the Hunter Biden front. We know that James Comer is zeroing in, and he believes, by the way, next week, he thinks he's going to have a whole bunch of new details on these special activity reports that show basically millions upon millions of dollars coming from Hunter Biden and going to various Biden family members. And then you just heard here live a few minutes ago, we had John Solomon on the show, who was talking about what looks like subversion, as one of our callers just said, as Tom was just saying from Ohio, that basically this to me is one of the cheapest, worst, dirtiest tricks, I think, in American politics. Turns out the letter that Joe Biden was parading all over the place on the debate stage when finally, finally, and because of Trump was pushing it, remember, it wasn't even the moderator, it was Trump was pushing and saying, you know what, um, what about the Hunter Biden laptop? You're sitting there talking that I'm corrupt. Are you kidding me? What about the Hunter Biden laptop? And then suddenly, lo and behold, Biden was able to pull out this letter and go, uh, well, you know what? There are 50 plus intelligence officials that sort of independently on their own, basically signed onto a letter. And it basically shows that it's not true. Well, it turns out that that letter was orchestrated by the Biden campaign meaning probably by Biden himself. And it turns out it also was written after we know that the FBI had already authenticated the laptop. And these senior officials were defense officials, people that would have access to the highest level of intel. So why were they signing onto a letter like that if they knew that it probably wasn't correct or it was false? Were they getting pressure Were they just trying to curry favor to also with the president, the would-be president that they were hoping to get into the White House? If that's the case, it's interesting because Republicans tonight are saying if that's the case, they should have their security uh, access denied from here on out. They should have their credentials pulled. They should not be able to get look into intelligence information if they're not going to be honest with the American people. And clearly, President Biden has some serious explaining to do. How dare you go out there and basically affect a campaign? He knew the laptop was real, and he knew that this was a fake letter. There's no way in heck you can convince me that Blinken wasn't coordinating this with Biden. They're good buddies. They work hand-in-hand. And Blinken now, according to Mike Morrell, called him up and said, hey, I'm organizing this letter And then lo and behold, Biden, who doesn't even know which way to go to go to the bathroom or which way to get off the stage, suddenly pulled, you know, remember this letter and recited it at the appropriate moment in the debate to quite a quash the whole story. That to me is outrageous. And the end of that Jim Jordan letter, I thought, was really powerful that we just heard tonight from John Solomon who was breaking the news with us, he said the end of that letter from Jim Jordan basically says that Mike Morrell, working together with Blinken and others, deprived the American public from making an informed choice for president. In other words, orchestrated the election. I mean, that is really scary, scary stuff. And now we're learning, by the way, that guess what? Joe Biden is planning to run again. 
he is planning on announcing next week. That is one of the big news that is coming out in the last few minutes. Now, by the way, the other thing, too, to add to all the political brouhaha, get this, Larry Elder, he is now launching a White House bid. He is joining Donald Trump on the GOP side. So big presidential news tonight. Joe Biden, in the midst of all this stuff with Hunter Biden that's unraveling, that makes them and their campaign look so bad and the Biden family look so bad and so orchestrated. Well, Joe Biden's basically going to announce in a video, not even at a press conference or a statement. He probably is going to try to dodge and weave away from reporters as much as he can, hoping this will somehow fade away and the mainstream media better not let it fade away. They better sure as heck not let that happen. But he is planning in a video announcing he is running for president again for a second term. He's 80, acting like he's 120, and he would be 86, acting like he's 136, basically at the end, if he were to get reelected again. And is there anybody out there who thinks he should get a second term? Even most Democrats in some of the polls go, ah, they don't want it. And then, again, the big news that we just got coming in, that Larry Elder, who is, of course, radio host and also former California gubernatorial candidate, has launched his campaign to run on the GOP side. So we'll have Donald Trump on the GOP side. Of course, you got Nikki Haley. It looks like, you know, Senator Tim Scott, he launched the Exploratory Committee. It's not set in stone. But there could be a number of folks there on the stage, as we will see as things get going. Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, the entrepreneur who wrote the anti-woke book, he'll be there. So there'll be some interesting characters that'll be there on the stage running on the GOP side. And now Joe Biden, by the way, he's got competition. He's got RFK. And remember Marianne Williamson with the crystal balls and the, uh, the you know, the little uh, rocks and stones and the, you know, all the crazy things. She's going to be in the race. And then you got Joe Biden. Boy, that's going to be one for the record book, guys. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Here is the Associated uh, Press report just a little bit ago where they broke the news that Biden is planning to run officially for re-election and make the news next week. Take a listen. President Joe Biden will formally announce his 2024 re-election campaign as soon as next week. That's according to three people who have been briefed on the discussions and spoke to the Associated Press on the condition of anonymity to discuss internal deliberations. They say they're not aware a final decision on timing has been made, but they say Biden has been eyeing Tuesday, April 25th, four years to the day since the Democrat entered the 2020 race. Biden has repeatedly said he intends to run for a second term, but advisors say he has felt little need to jump into campaigning because he faces no significant opposition to his party's nomination. Well, let's see who else hops in. Please, for the love of country, others try to hop in, please. My goodness. And here's Kristen Welker. Uh, with This is NBC News. When the word came out, even she said, boy, He's got dismal ratings. Even Democrats don't want him. It's like a third of the Democrats are only saying that they want him to run for re-election. And yet the arrogance in the middle of all this news about Hunter Biden and the orchestration of that intel letter. Talk about arrogance. 
he is still planning to run for re-election. And listen to how she posed it. President Biden is preparing to make his intention to seek a second term official next week with advisors eyeing an announcement as soon as Tuesday. Mr. Biden would launch his candidacy with a campaign video message, these sources said. Now, the president has teased his reelection announcement for weeks now, even telling our Al Roker during the Easter egg roll he's planning to run. Mr. Biden is facing headwinds with low approval ratings in most polls, and even some Democrats have expressed concerns about the 80-year-old seeking a second term. Now, look, aides say there is one important caveat to all of this. The plans could always shift and aren't official until the announcement is out. Still, this could all be teeing up a rematch between President Biden and former President Trump, who's currently the frontrunner in the Republican race. Wow. And you know that crime is definitely going to be on the ballot. Uh, think about, by the way, next week, word is that President Biden is going to invite, they called the Tennessee Three. These are the Tennessee legislators, remember, who were protesting and the two African-American guys who got kicked out of the state legislator. Well, they were being, they're now going to be like heralded at the White House. And guess what's happened in Tennessee? Remember, there was a terrible shooting that took place there. And at that terrible shooting, there were the two hero cops. Remember, a lot of young kids lost their lives and also some of the teachers and others. And none of them have been invited to the White House. None of them have been to the White House. The family members who lost loved ones, the hero cops. And yet Biden is recognizing the two African-American and the other woman who was working with them, uh, basically the protesters from a local legislative session when they were there on the floor with bullhorns. And they were kicked out. They were reinstated. Uh, but now Biden's bringing them to the White House. It's like he's picking and choosing who comes to the White House. But I guess the hero cops who put their lives on the line and family members who lost loved ones. Well, because what? The shooter didn't fit the profile for them? Unbelievable. So, you know, crime is going to be very much on the ballot. And what about Hunter Biden? Potential crimes there. Who knows where this is going to go? I mean, that to me, I use the word arrogant. It is arrogant. It's audacious in the middle of all this. That he's like, too bad. We're running. And he's doing it on a video. Is he going to do a campaign from the basement like he did last time? I wouldn't be surprised. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Joe. Line six. Joe, your thoughts about all this. Rita, my love. Uh, Joe Biden is completely out of his mind. I want him to run. I want Trump to kick his, whether it's Trump or Trump DeSantis, to beat him, uh, beat Biden and Harris. The all the major name recognition. It's all about name recognition. Is is uh, Biden and Trump? And let me tell you something about the Bidens. Like I told Kenny, God bless him, your screener. They profited off of dead Americans. Dead Poles, dead Italians, American NATO troops. He's been gaking since he was a senator. He arranged for war profiteering positions for his bum brothers and sisters to build houses in the Middle East following wars. They made money off of American and allied NATO troops dead and arms and legs blown off. And you know what, Joe, too, um, aside from all that, and that's obviously very serious stuff, the other issue is, too, He's got the Afghan withdrawal. I mean, there's a lot of things. Believe me. Boy, will this debate be interesting. I mean, what is Joe Biden running on? The economy is a mess. Um, the foreign policy is a mess. 
Uh, crime is a mess. Racial divisions in this country are a mess. This was supposed to be the unifier in chief. Uh, look at his own family. Who knows where this, I mean, it looks like Jim Jordan is hot on the trail and look at the news we had tonight. I mean, things are exploding all over the place tied to the Biden family and Biden just thinks he's like Teflon. Uh, you know what? Uh, hopefully, uh, the truth is shown by all the media and not just selective media. Hopefully, all the media covers these developments, especially if he indeed tried to orchestrate uh, the whole issue with the Hunter Biden scandal. It makes me wonder all the stuff with social media now. Now I date, doubt everything that kind of happened tied to the Hunter Biden case. He is clearly worried of where those dots are going to connect. Joe, thank you very much. Uh, let's go to BJ real quick. Line eight. BJ, your thoughts. Well, this is an old story, uh, sadly, uh, with a new little aspect of it, uh, with the, the Blinken angle. But uh, until we dismantle Section 230 that protects these social media tech giants that suppress the Hunter Biden story from the New York Post, written by uh, Miranda Devine, that uh, accounted and laid out the paper trail, laid out the whole Bible, the whole map, the whole blueprint uh, that is the spine of this entire scandal that involves the Biden crime family. Until we take the, the social tech giants to task, this goes nowhere. That's it. You know what? I, I, I No, listen. You know what? And I agree. It has to unravel. It has to unravel with facts, too. I mean, there has to be. And that's why I think where James Comer is going now, BJ, is really powerful because he's looking he's at really the suspicious. Doing work. Yeah, and he's getting the documents, too. That's the key. BJ, thank you yeah. so very much because once those documents come out, Even the media that seems to be doing cover for Biden left and right, they're going to have to admit the writing's right there. If they see that, indeed, the money trail is going somewhere. I mean, James Comer made this comment today, and to me it was pretty powerful. He said, I haven't seen a company tied to the Biden family with this money coming in that's legitimate. Because he said it's going to shell companies, it's going to LLCs. It's like it went here, 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 like a big old ping pong game, you know? It's like popping all over the place. And so if he can prove that, indeed, money changed hands, came from these rogue officials, and then also that policy was changed, or maybe there's emails, writing, who knows where this goes. Uh, this could be explosive. But right now, Biden's like, ah, who cares? I'm going to announce, and I'm going to be like last time in the basement or or a video. It's going to be real riveting. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. Well, the Hunter Biden investigation is exploding and we are clearly getting details that make it look like the Biden administration from the very top were orchestrating trying to do whatever they could to diminish the Hunter Biden laptop, which they knew was real. At least the FBI sure did. And it makes you wonder, what's in all this? Where are the breadcrumbs going that the administration has gone to such incredible lengths when they were running for president, President Biden in 2020, that they would go to get 51 intelligence officials trying to sign all this stuff? So, you know, I mean... It just looks really bad. 
888-344-2222. Let's go to Teddy. Line 8, Ted, your thoughts. Uh, yeah, Rita. You know, it, it seems like it's a, a broken record. Almost every night, all you talk about is either Biden, Bragg, and some of it is justified. Well, but, I, I, actually, Ted, actually, Ted, you know, Ted, hang on, Teddy, 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 you're going to have a heart attack. Hold on one second. You know what's a broken record? You call and complain about Trump. You know, if if it rained today, it's Trump's fault. If, um, you know what, if uh, there's murder and mayhem in foreign lands, it's Trump's fault. You know what, uh, if the stock market crashed, even if it happened in 1930, it's Trump's fault. Go ahead, Ted. Let's hear something new tonight. Go ahead. Well, let's deal with the debt limit. Trump raised the debt limit three times, and the Democrats always supported it. Three times. Yes, he and guess what? And guess what? He got deals. There were concessions and a number of things that always happen at these debt meetings, and that's probably what's going to happen here. But the White House doesn't want it. So now, Ted, let me just ask you. Obviously, yeah. you like Biden. You think orange man I bad. Think you think, I, but but you you don't like Trump. So let me just ask Rita, you. I don't like Biden for a number of things. He's not the best. But Rita, you don't see anything bad about Trump. That's your problem, Rita. I'm You're not so talking about Ted. 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 You obviously you sit there and toss in your bed and go Trump, Trump, Trump. I'm talking about Biden tonight. So get the wax out of your ears. And what do you think about Biden? And don't you think this looks awfully fishy with Hunter Biden? I mean, that's what we're talking about tonight, Ted. So if you want to enlighten us on that, go ahead. Well, let's they'll have a special investigation. And whatever they find out, it'll come to roost. Don't you think it looks bad, Ted? Come on. Now it turns out that that all the way up to Blinken and probably Biden orchestrated that letter that everybody thought was some independent letter. That is dirty politics, and it probably influenced the election. That's shameful, Ted. Oh, what about the Fox? What do you have anything to say about Fox Ted, and their lies? Teddy, you're not you even, you're not answering. Teddy, when you want to answer my questions, you're welcome to call back. That's oh, when, you're, you're, when you're we're talking. Well, I, Ted, Ted, I'm happy to talk with you about it another time. But if you haven't figured it out, I'm hosting the show and you're calling up with questions. So if you don't want to talk about what everybody else is talking about, good luck. Ted, we love you. Thank you very much. Let's go to Frank in Ontario. Maybe Frank will talk about the topic. Go ahead, Frank. Oh, my Lord, Rita. I know, Fred. What uh, Frank. What is Ted's problem? Frank, like, do you wonder why? have another drink. I know. Mike, I'm going to need like five or six drinks after dealing with that guy. My goodness. Go hey, ahead. Rita, I love talking to you. I know I don't have much time. Um, like I said before, like, my God, I mean, this is so plain to see. And so clear, it is like I support the cops, I support the Army, I support everybody. I thank the police officer every time I see him. And this Biden crap has got to stop. It's got to stop very soon. People, please open your eyes. If it was Trump's son... Ooh, impeach him, throw him in jail, throw him in jail. But you can't impeach Trump or Biden. You have to impeach that man right now. He's incapable of running for anything. Yeah, by the way, and that's what's stunning, that he actually thinks that uh, he's planning to run again, all full steam ahead, announcing it possibly next Tuesday. 
Uh, pray for our country, Frank from Ontario. Thank you very much. Let's go to Jerry. Line six, Jerry, your thoughts. Yeah, hi, Rita. If uh, Biden-Harris cannot make it for any reason, I believe you're going to see Hillary Clinton, and she's going to pick a black man this time to run as vice president, probably Wes Moore, the Maryland governor, or Booker from New Jersey, Cory Booker. That's an interesting point. That's an, And I like how you said they can't make it. What are they, like, out for a dinner engagement or a movie or something? Very interesting. You're right, but Wes Moore, I wouldn't be surprised. Real quick, Dave, line one, Pennsylvania. Go ahead, my friend. I agree. I think the fact that Biden got away with talking about that letter being signed by 51 uh, CIA agents or FBI agents indicts the FBI and the Federal Justice Department. Why wasn't that investigated by them? That's a great point. And by the way, I'm sure that they will be looked into. The question is, who signed it? Why? What were they told? This is just the tip of the iceberg, guys. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.